0: Hello, and welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. I'm Harry Bliss, CEO and co-founder of Champion Health. And the reason why we wanted to put this podcast on is for people like you that really want to drive well-being throughout your organizations but you haven't got the time to sit through a one-hour podcast time after time we want to condense it into 12 minutes of actionable tips to support you today we're joined by rob stevenson the ceo of FormScore and also inside out leaderboard Rob has been an absolute stalwart when it's come to wellbeing and really breaking the stigma and smashing the stigma in Rob's words when it comes to workplace mental health. In the next 12 minutes, I hope that you can take one thing away to implement in your workforce tomorrow. Hello, Rob Stevenson. how are you?
1: Hey, Harry Bliss. Good to be here. 8 out of 10 on the form score today. Feeling good. Uh, Excited to be chatting to you boys.
0: Good stuff. How are you as well, Jack? Yep, all good. Really pleased to
2: talk to Rob. I've known Rob for a little while now. We've done a lot of wellbeing work together. So yeah, great to hear hear from him and, and I know he's got some great stuff for us.
0: Fantastic. Well, I've been trying to get Rob on the podcast for a while, so it's excellent that he's um, been able to join us. Because I know how busy you are, Rob. Um, and following the introduction that we've just done, um, I'd love to learn more, and I'm sure our listeners would, about Form Score and Inside Out and all the work that you're doing in the space at the moment. So, do you mind just sharing a brief overview as to the excellent work that you've done in well-being and mental health specifically?
1: Yeah of course so it starts from my personal journey of bipolar disorder and as I came out shared my story that the reaction to that story motivated me harry to really become a campaigner and the reason for that was because I saw how many people experience a mental health challenge but do so in silence so mm-hmm. I looked for ways to contribute and I found my niche, if you will, in in that of senior leadership and inspiring senior leaders to kind of share their story and put their name to the Inside Out Leaderboard, which is basically a published list of business leaders, workplace leaders, who are open about the fact that they've got a mental health challenge. So we've been doing this now for for three years. We've published the third one this year. We've had 110 role models who have put their name to it, and that's CEOs, CFOs, partners in the professions, HR directors, positions of leadership, all different sorts of business, but saying, look, we experience a mental health challenge um, and we're prepared to be open about it. Because, you know, when our leaders speak out and share their stories, that helps facilitate the process of culture change, as you guys will know, in a workplace. But for me, the leaderboard is a kind of catalyst for creating a ripple effect of more and more leaders following suit. Um, and then this year, we're going to take it global. So we're uh, including role models from the US. I was speaking to someone from China today, from Asia, from you know all over wow. the world, because you know, mental ill health and the stigma associated with it is a global issue. So super proud of what we're creating with with the leaderboard and there's a lot of work still to do. Um, Formscore is my tech startup that is aiming to help the world become a little bit more intentional about their well-being. And for me, this, again, is from a, a, an evolution of a tool that I've used personally because once I started coming to terms with my bipolar, a therapist gave me the idea of tracking how I feel each day with a score out of 10. And over the last 15 years, what has this enabled me to do is to really understand what drives my well-being so I can then be intentional about managing it. So form score, simple idea facilitated by a mobile app that allows people to track their score, connect with others, and so know when a friend, contact or colleague might need a bit of support because they're on low form. And then we aggregate that up in the workplace to give a real-time metric of organisational well-being.
0: Fantastic. And when it comes to senior leadership that you mentioned previously, Rob, um, how do you get senior leaders bought into it? And this is one of the major questions that Jack and I get asked uh, by people that are wellbeing champions in their organisation, but they recognise the power of a top-down approach to culture change. How do you get those senior leaders bought in if they're not initially?
1: So I I think there's a couple of ways. Um, I think it's... It, it really accelerates the process if we can identify senior leaders who who have got a real vested interest in the mental health agenda because of personal experience, lived experience, a family member with lived experience, um, or a friend who's who's experienced it. And if you look at any composition of any, uh, any board, you're probably talking at least 50% of people will, will fit that criteria. Now, the stigma prevents often people talking about it. But I think one of the ways of accelerating it is to really tap into to those people that have got bought-in experience um, on the agenda. I think, secondly, um, the, there are also great role models and allies who potentially haven't had a challenge and haven't had a family member with a challenge, but recognise the importance um, of prioritising well well-being and mental health for the workforce. So a great example of this would be John Flint, uh, the prior C- CEO of HSBC, who came out with the vision of implementing the healthiest human system in financial services because he understood the that it was the right thing to do, but it was also good for, for business. I think some CEOs and some leaders need to understand that there is a business case for this as well, um, in that if we prioritise wellbeing, we can reduce presenteeism costs and we can have a happier, Mm. healthier, but higher performing workforce. But actually, I, I think more and more the moral case is what is, is bringing senior leaders on board that actually through these times, these challenging times that we've all experienced, it is just the right thing to do if you want to be a,
2: a good employer and retain your talent. That's really interesting, Rob. I think the senior leadership is something we know has a huge impact, but you've got great experience with so many businesses in different sectors. And what are you seeing outside of senior leadership as a barrier for good form, good well-being?
1: I think the obvious one, and if I can be brutal on this, is good work, Jack. You know, um, you can have the best well-being strategy in the world. You can have your board talking about how important it is, but if the nature of your job requirements are, um, are meaning you're spending twelve hours a day doing your job, not taking breaks and not taking your holiday, that is a barrier to well-being. Um, I was I was talking to some um, founders yesterday around founder mental health and. Mm. One of them, I won't mention any names, but is actually a founder in the well-being space, and, and said that well-being is a luxury. And I'm like, wow, you know, well-being is not a luxury; it is essential if you want to be high-performing. Jack, we've spoke about this as as an elite athlete. You know this. LeBron James knows it. Roger Federer knows it. Naomi Osaka knows this, right? So, so for me, I think we have to give ourselves the permission to recover from the natural stress we experience in the workplace and the workplace culture and the way we work needs to allow that to happen too and, and yeah, we need psychological safe environments um, and work that promotes health i think the other point i'd make is we often see a blocker at mid management you know the board and the senior leadership team are mm-hmm. up for creating a mentally healthy workforce the the ground level up are up for creating it as well but that education training and empowerment and confidence of middle management is often a blocker so we've got to kind of tackle it from all angles i reckon
0: Yeah, and I think with middle management, I I see it as well, Rob, regularly, that they're being squeezed bottom up, top down. They are working extremely long hours as well. Um, And people sometimes just don't feel confident in having the conversation. I know when I spoke to some people at my friend's organization that tragically ended up taking his own life, they were worried they'd make the problem worse if they bought it up. Mm -hmm. And so what what do we need to do? It seems like the major area for workplace health, there's a lot of research out there about it. A lot of the conversations we're having is around training up line managers. How do we make that possible in a cost effective and time efficient way um, for our organizations?
1: So, you know, cost-effective, you, know, you don't need to spend thousands and thousands of pounds to train your line managers, actually. You know, there's, a, there's a great free tool by the Samaritans called Wellbeing in the Workplace. That's a three-hour mm. course and, and aims to bring the listening skills of the Samaritans into the workplace. I think what we need to do is create the, the expectation in, in our middle management that They are going to equip themselves to be better at having conversations and signposting about mental health and well-being. And the signposting bits are really important because it's not, you know, we're not trying to train therapists to be to be managers here. We're trying to train managers to point people at therapists or point people at the EAP or point people at whatever resources the the employer is invested in. And that's often a, a confidence thing. But I think the other bit for me, um, and this is at the essence of of form score, is, look, you can be a human about these things. And I often draw the analogies with um, physical health and something like cancer. If you had an employee coming to you as a manager and said, I've just been diagnosed with cancer, what you wouldn't do is worry, could I correctly diagnose and prescribe the course of chemotherapy? what you would do is you say, that is really rubbish. I'm really sorry to hear that. What do you need? If I can hug you, let me give mm. you a hug. Let's have a cup of tea. Let's have a walk. Let's talk about it. You would be a human. Now, the stigma of mental illness and the fear of getting it wrong will often prevent us doing that with mental health challenges. Mm. But I think we can be a bit more human. And for me, the form score gives a language to communicate how we're feeling in that score out of 10 that makes it a little bit easier for managers to, to have that conversation.
2: I love listening to you, Rob. I, I, you know you and I have, have gone back a little while now and, and I know you have some great thoughts around well-being and, and the main thing I, I wanted to kind of finish on with you was the future of well-being, and I'm sure you, you need a lot longer than the 12 minutes we've given you, but how do you see well-being kind of changing or, or transforming in the workplace over the next however many years? so for me i
1: think the first fundamental shift we'll see is around the importance of it and how it is prioritized by organizations so we're starting to see it already but well-being being being a strategic priority and something that is a core value of the organization some do it well others are getting on that journey so i think that's the first bit the the second bit which i know will be close to your hearts is personalization so you can't just do Mm -hmm. a a one-stop shop and and you know implement something that you say right we've done well-being because we've got headspace or we've got a gym membership well-being is highly individual and you know there's a big educational piece for um, all people to understand we're on a continuum from struggling through to thriving and that's separate to whether you've got a diagnosable mental illness or not but actually if you can invest in your well-being if you can be intentional about your well-being and you can be thriving more of the time so for me it's it's bringing a personalized approach and inspiring everybody to get on the journey not just those that struggle with mental ill health inspiring your seven out of tens to think how can i be an eight more of the time inspiring your eight and nines out of tens to be there for longer inspiring everybody to take more breaks and be more intentional about recovery so for me it's personalization and it's strategic priority
0: Rob Stevenson, thank you so much for taking the time out today. I could talk for hours um, with you about this topic, um, but thank you for being a part of the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast.
1: Fantastic, Harry. Jack, thank you so much for having me. 12 Minutes of Fun, right? Awesome
0: that did not surprise me one bit. Thank you so much, Rob Stevenson, for joining. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm sure you did listening wherever you are at the moment. If you want to join us for more tips and more podcasts, then please subscribe to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.